Hey guys, Pete here from I Can Steal That. This week, instead of doing a new episode, we are actually going to go back in time to one of my favorite episodes that we've done. Uh, we've got so many new listeners, and so this is a good opportunity for them to kind of hear what the show was like at the beginning, and also find out about one of my favorite heists. This week, we're going to be going back to the Hatton Garden heist. I had the incredible Jay Jordan on as a guest, and this is super fun. So this week we're going to have a replay. Next week we're going to have a brand new episode that I'm super excited about. It's a really, it's, I, I wanted to get this one right. So I'm doing a lot of writing on it. Uh, I think it's going to be very timely, but rather than rush out something I'm not happy with, I figured I'd give you guys an older episode this week, uh, you know, re-listen to it and then really nail the the new episode that's going to be coming out that uh, I dare say is, uh, I think, one of the most important episodes. So uh, with that, enjoy Hatton Garden, classic heist, beautiful heist. So enjoy, guys. Thanks. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of I Can Steal That. I'm Pete Stegmeyer, your host. And with me today, we have one of my favorite comedians ever. He's been on Tonight Show. He has been on Comedy Central. He's just an all-around good guy. He is my friend, guys. Uh, give it up for Jay Jordan. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here, Pete. Good, good. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, this is actually the first episode that has been suggested by a listener. Ooh. So huge thanks to Jeremy for uh, emailing me about this one. This is a, uh, a super fun episode. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the Hatton Garden Heist. And uh, Hatton Garden Heist is um, it's a second uh, English one that we've done, and it is actually the biggest heist in English legal history. Wait, what? Yeah, so it's the the largest heist like in terms of dollar amounts in the history of the current English legal system. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, so uh, we actually did one a couple, or actually last episode about the the crown jewel heist. Yeah, and that's got like a bigger value, but that was like sixteen seventy. So different different legal system, but this one uh, is between two uh, two and three hundred million pounds uh, estimated to be stolen. Oh, okay. So this is the this is like the one that they go. This is like the most impressive heist anyone has ever pulled off. Yeah. And it's like for, and it was money. It wasn't items that valued this much. It was actual money. Uh, there was some money. It was mostly like jewelry, gold, oh. things like that. But then the problem with like safety deposit boxes and like why you get like such wild numbers, because like a lot of, a lot of people say like 14 million yeah. is the baseline for this, but up to 200 million. Oh. Um, is because like a lot of times like people put stuff in safety deposit boxes that they don't want people to have or know about. So a lot of the stuff gets stolen, never gets reported because it's like weird stuff that like was oh. probably also stolen. Oh, so like they'll be like, well, no, I didn't, I didn't list like that emerald as stolen because I didn't want anyone to know I had it. Exactly. Okay. Or like if you're like a businessman or like you're like extorting somebody and you've got like, you know, Princess Diana's sex tape, like you can't <laughs> say that you got it. But like, so it's like, it's a weird thing, but, um, the estimates are between two and three hundred million uh, was stolen. Jeez. And uh, for something like this, like um, you would expect that you would have to have like a really like a really good crew. Yeah. Uh, you would have to have you know uh, this one is like five or six guys. Okay. Well, it's like so then it's a typical heist movie where it's like we have the the 
the code breaker. We have the enforcers. I guess you have to have like some sort of special ops to actually do stuff on the ground. And then you have like an overseer. And then you probably have like an inside guy. Yeah. So like that's that's pretty accurate. Like there's like it's a group of a uh, group of people. Um, I will start. Um, I'll go ahead and start like describing them real quick, and then. See if you can figure out what's like so special about these guys. Okay. All right. So uh, the ringleader of this one was a guy named Brian Reeder. Uh, he was a career criminal. Uh, he was arrested in connection with the Brinks Matt heist in uh, in 1983, um, which had about 145 million dollars stolen. That was like an armored truck robbery. Uh, he did nine years for like kind of helping move uh, goods to a fence. Oh, okay. So he he's a career criminal. So this is like his forte. Yeah, this is like his thing. Like most of these guys end up being like career criminals. Okay. Uh, Terry uh, Terry Perkins is like the second ringleader. He was uh, part of the largest cash heist in uh, British history, <laughs> uh, and he got sentenced to twenty two years in jail, but escaped and was on the run. For he 17. escaped. He escaped prison, and then in two thousand twelve, like turned himself in to finish out a little bit of a sentence. <laughs> Uh, Danny Jones is like another guy who, um, he's like a, this guy's like weird. Uh, he's like very, like, he loves like the idea of like cat burglars and is like very excited to be a thief. Uh, is this, this, okay, so Brian Singer, the usual suspects, is this is just like a very, this sounds like a movie. It, it's, there is actually two movies about this. Oh, okay. But they don't even like get to like the best parts of it. Like, all of these guys, like, if it was, like, everything played out exactly like it did in this, like, I wouldn't believe it as a movie. Oh, okay. And so, like, uh, Danny Jones, like, he was, like, a military guy, um, like, very, like, very lavish and extravagant. Like, he, like, lived with his mom and, like, slept in, like, a fez and, like, one of his mom's, like, nightshirts. <laughs> and he just, like, loved crime. Like, he, like, had a book called Forensics for Dummies. Like, he's just... Yeah, like, super excited about it. Uh, he did, like, 20 years in and out of prison as well. Uh, and when I'm, like, throwing out these sentences in time frames, like, maybe, like, um, maybe you've guessed it out. Yeah. All of these guys are super old. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, you don't do, if you did 20 years, you're minimum 40. If I'm, and that's, like, as old, as, like, as low as it could be. Yeah. Brian Reeder, like the the guy that like organizes this, seventy six years old. Seventy six when he organized the crime. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, Terry Perkins is sixty seven. Danny Jones is sixty. <laughs> um, their lookout guy is a guy named John Kenny Collins. Uh, he's seventy four. No. <laughs> um, Your lookout guy cannot have cataracts. <laughs> The eyes and ears of the team need help with both his eyes and his ears? Okay. And uh, another guy is Carl Wood. He's 58, so he's like a spring chicken. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The rookie. (laughs) And then, like, the mysterious guy that none of these guys, like, actually really knew, but, like, came in. Uh, His name is, like, his code name is Basil. Oh, okay. Like, from uh, the picture of Dorian Gray. Kind of, yeah. Is he a... Is he a double agent? Does he work for the cops? 
He doesn't. There's some rumors about who he does work for, though. What? Okay, continue. Okay. This is oh Jesus. This is this is a good movie. It, it's a great movie. And so, like, um, to like kind of explain this, like, Hatton Garden is London's Diamond District. Okay. So it's it's not too far from like city center. It's a like probably like ten ten blocks north of the Thames and like a twenty minute walk from Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Um, but this is like where all like most of the big jewelers in London go. Um, and thefts are like so common on this street, uh, from like the 1870s, like when it's kind of established, uh, until about the 40s. Yeah. That all of these like diamond merchants decide to get together and build an impenetrable vault. Okay. So they're like, what if we just like, instead of like all of us getting robbed all the time, like we can like, uh, we'll all invest in this and we'll build a, like a huge vault and, uh, then we can just keep our stuff there. How do they test it? Do they, is there like a competition to see if you can break into the vault? I wish that would have uh, that would have been really cool. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I thought that's where this was headed. No, they just they just decide to make it like they think bigger is better. Okay. Uh, so they they kind of go the Titanic way with it, oh, which is always successful. Yeah, and when you brag about something like being <laughs> yeah. impenetrable, nothing's gonna happen to it. <laughs> And, uh, so, like, this vault, like, they put, um, they tried to do a thousand, uh, safety deposit boxes, uh, and there's, like, a small design error, so they only fit 999. (laughs) Um, but they've got, like, 20-inch thick concrete walls, like, a seriously impressive vault, um, and then I'm just gonna kind of describe, like, I'm, uh, one of the sources I used for this was Vanity Fair, they did a terrific article on it, um, so I'm gonna use their description to kind of paint the picture of how this vault is designed. So from Vanity Fair, quote, uh, beside the elevator is a door that leads to a flight of stairs to the basement. This is like from the, the main lobby. Uh, this door is unlocked during business hours. During other times, it is locked and only a few people, uh, including the uh, two Hatton Garden security uh, or safety deposit, like HGSD is like the acronym for this building. Mm-hmm. Um, the security guards and one member of the cleaning staff have keys. At the bottom of the stairs to the left is another wooden door. Uh, with a Mortise deadlock. This door is also left open during business hours. Uh, at other times it is locked and only security or only two security guards and HGSD co-owner and manager, uh, Manish Bavishi have keys. So once you're inside the door, you have 60 seconds to deactivate the intruder alarm with the five digit code on the alarm box. Directly behind that wooden door is a sliding iron gate, which forms an airlock with a second sliding gate. Uh, these are manned by a security guard. So to open the first door, you need a four-digit security code for the pin box, and the security guard opens the second gate to let you out the other side. Uh, and then also in that airlock, uh, that was end quote, by the way. Uh, also in that airlock is like metal shutters uh, to the elevator shaft. But they dis- like they don't allow the elevator to go down to yeah. the basement anymore because in the seventies some guy stormed the building with a shotgun, took a and like went down to the basement uh, and tried to rob the place. So they deactivate the elevator from being able to go that low. So that's why you have to take the elevator, take the stairs down to the basement. Yeah, get through that wooden door with the five digit key then there's the two iron seal doors yeah with four digit keys and then there's a guy on the other side of the iron door that has to open it because if you get through like the one there's still like the other one right in front of it yeah so there's like the airlock so oh my god the doors can't be opened at the same time yeah 
And so once once the security guard lets you go, then like you're in the room with like the vault door. Yeah. Oh, just, this is just to get to the vault door. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I keep going. <laughs> um, and so that's that sounds like pretty pretty uh, secure. Yeah. Uh, that's like the cartoon. I think it's Chuck Jones where there's this take on like the three little pigs and it's this it's become a popular gif I think of like the big bad wolf in prison garb like slamming all these doors and it's almost like a a hammer space of doors it's like it's sort of like that there's a wooden door then like a screen door then like a a jail cell door then like another door and then like a vault and then like a turnkey it it really is um but then like this is this is like my favorite part of it um there's also a fire escape which opens directly to the street from the airlock. Oh no! And yeah, so they what? They, they have a fire escape that goes like directly to the street, uh, and like it's locked with like you know when you're in like a bathroom stall and you do like the little sliding. Yeah, lock? yeah. They didn't even have a key. It was just like locked from the no. inside. Oh, what? But does, do people know about that one? Uh, some people do. Okay. Like not uh like not most people, but uh some people definitely do. This is like the one scale that like smog is missing on his underside on the underside of his belly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what? That is a solid reference. Uh but yeah, so they um they find out about uh, like people find out about that. Um fires. Yeah. And things like that. So um like so Brian Reeder, like, the, the guy that's, like, really in charge of this, like, he's not in a great place. Like, most of his friends are in jail or dead. Uh, he's battling pancreas. But, but also, let's, I want Pete to once again uh, repeat the fact that he's, like, old. It's not, it, it's not a 20-year-old saying, oh, my friends are in jail or dead. It's like a 70-year-old yeah. man. Yeah, it is. Like, he's, his friends are truly dead. <laughs> like... Like, we're in jail. Like, he's not on, like, great terms with his kids. He doesn't well, have a pension. He's, he's a, a freaking cr- career criminal. Exactly. Um, and and he's also battling, I believe, pancreatic cancer. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Um, and then, like, some of the other guys like are also not much better shape. Like, Terry Perkins is 67. He's diabetic. Um, and so they, they kind of just decide. They're like... One last score. Yeah. And so they they start, like, meeting. And they plan this thing out over three years. Oh. In the most British way possible. Tea? The pub. <laughs> okay. On Friday nights. So they just meet at the pub and, like, discuss it. And, like, for three years. And then they're, they're finally, like, okay, it's, like, it's time to do it. And this is, like, where one of the, one of the rumors goes. And I wasn't able to completely substantiate this. But basically, like... Like, organized crime within London and stuff like that. Like, Hatton Garden um, is part of a... It's, like, a neighborhood and, like, organized crime areas, like, uh, like they will... Or organized crime families will have, like, certain areas. So, that like, basically, in order to be able to pull off this heist, you had to, like, let them know that you were going to do it. Oh. Um, and so... You had to, like, receive permission from whoever ran that, whosever turf that was. Right. Because, like, there had been about one per decade, like, attempts on this. Like, usually not not as sophisticated as this. But um, there were a lot of rumors that, like, organized crime had, like, kind of run this area. And these guys had to get get the okay to be able to do that. 
Um, because like these are all old school criminals. Like we're like they yeah. Are, there's respect. Yeah. yeah what happened to respect? Yeah, yeah. You shoot someone in the kneecaps. You cut off a pinky finger. You don't kill the kid that you're holding ransom. Exactly. There are rules. Exactly. And so one of the rumors from this is like they get the permission, but then the um, but then like the organized crime group who is called the family. Yeah. Of course they are. Um, <laughs> they say like absolutely, but you have to have. Like, you have to t- take one of our guys with you. Oh. And that's where this Basil guy comes in. Okay. Just to keep an eye on them. Yeah, just to kind of keep an eye on them. Um, and also, allegedly, like, this... I, I only saw this in, like, one or two sources. Yeah. But I couldn't, like, get it from, like, the Daily Mail or, like, some... Or, like, the Guardian article. Yeah. Um, and apparently they said, like, you know, also when you get in, you can only... Don't touch the stuff on the right-hand side. Oh, but so, so because it was their turf, they probably had some stuff in the safe right. deposit boxes. Yeah, that's the. Uh, that's or probably. it was like they that was their percentage, or it was stuff that because they were an organized crime family, it might have not been organized crime money, but it was money that they had a hand in. So like, well, that's like that's our liquor store, like that. We really don't. Yeah, have. there, there's definitely any number of. Uh, of things, but those are like those are things I was like kind of unable to substantiate. But like I'm choosing to believe that makes sense. Super though, okay, I like this. This is cool. But then, oh, okay, I have another question. So if so, why did they not? Did they just not want to try to rob it, or maybe because they had money in it, they didn't even? They were like, no, we're already in there. You know, that's a good that's a good question. Like I I think maybe some of it could have been that they just like it was like pretty like pretty well secured like yeah the, the fire door aside like there's still like alarms and uh and things like that and i think also like there's there's part of that like like kind of like with the penguin and like batman yeah to where like there there's kind of a respect for like them to be like okay like we're gonna run this and like you can have like your thugs but like you're not like they never like kidnap the mayor yeah or, like they never do like something like that brazen like, yeah it's just kind of like my dog will like my dog like goes and like tries to like extort me for treats and stuff like that. But he like doesn't bite me. Like, yeah, it's just, like, yeah. There's like that balance. I I have no idea, but that's kind of what I choose to believe. Um, but yeah, they start they start playing in the heist um, for three years. For three years, they're just kind of hanging out every Friday night at a pub. Um, Which is a big time commitment if you're seventy something. It is. I mean, it's probably like four. <laughs> Four five thirty. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, they they choose uh, they choose the weekend, and this is two thousand fifteen uh, of April uh, April second. Okay, that's um, that is a um, it's a pretty rare four day weekend um, because Easter and Rosh Hashanah like both line up. Okay, so they they choose that as like their perfect time, uh, and as they're like doing that like. They start to like allegedly case the case the joint and stuff like that. So you'll see like um, they see reports of uh, like a nice old guy and like blue coveralls like in the elevator like doing maintenance and things like that a couple weeks beforehand. Uh, and then they later find uh, blue coveralls at one of the guy's houses. But that's like not a hundred percent substantiated. Okay. Um, a lot of people like just seeing the picture and being like, oh yeah, that was the guy in the elevator. Um, they they drive by a little bit sometimes. Uh, and then on April 1st, there uh, there's a huge fire underground. 
like right by the right by the thing. So like all the electrical systems, like a couple manholes blow out, electrical systems, phone systems go down, like all of this. So did they know that was going to happen? They did not. Like, and originally, like police think that this is like caused by them as like a distraction. Yeah. Uh, and also to like take out all the phone systems, and it ended up just being like a freak electrical accident. Wow. But it sets off like a bunch of false alarms, and it's like it's a big deal. Uh, and later they find out that it was just just an accident. Yeah. Um, so the day after the fire, uh, the banks closed for the four day weekend. So um, the fire happened on the first. So then they robbed it. They it was closed on the second. Yes. Okay. So they um, they go like the night of the second. I think it's a Thursday night. They they close up. It's like eight nineteen p.m. is when the vault is locked. Uh, about an hour later, uh, you see the first guy come up uh, in a big red wig, and he's got like a huge like duffel bag over his shoulder. That's like just just so happens to be like blocking all the like the security cameras from seeing his face. Smart. Yeah, very smart. Uh, and this is Basil. He's like the mysterious guy. He that, works for the family. Yeah, we allegedly, think we allegedly. think works for the family. Um, but he has keys to the building, <gasps> so he like lets himself in. Um, like goes downstairs, disables, uh, disables the alarms, disables the cameras, uh, and then goes down to the fire escape. Um, then you see a white van pull up to the fire escape and a bunch of old guys get out with like, uh, the wheelie garbage cans. Yeah. Uh, they call them wheelie bins, uh, a couple, uh, tool bags, uh, and a couple other bags. And these guys are wearing like, um, like brightly colored vests and like hard hats and like, uh, like face masks. Uh, and like one of the vests is like gas on it so like it wouldn't seem out of place because there was like just that gas explosion like in the sewers so yeah. it looked like maintenance guys ooh okay yeah that's very smart uh, so Basil goes and unlocks the fire escape and lets those guys in um, Kenny Collins is the watchman he goes uh, he has a key to an office building across the street goes inside um, and promptly sets up to be the lookout and immediately falls asleep <laughs> Uh, it's like eleven o'clock. At that's that point. perfect. No, that is that's wow, Guy Richie. What's wrong with you? Where? Okay, do we need this? We do. <laughs> um, so this is like where like this might be my favorite part of the uh, of the second uh, or of this. Um, so like once inside, like uh, they go downstairs and they're kind of like the fire escape like leads to that um, like. To the first airlock. Yeah, the airlock, the two iron doors. Yeah. Where you have to put in the four-digit code, but then they can't be open at the same time. Like, one of them has to be closed for the other one to be open. Yes. And also in that airlock is, like, a metal shutter that leads to the elevator. Shutter. Yes. Uh, and that's that's never opened unless, like, somebody, like, drops their keys, uh, like, down the elevator slit. Um, so what they do is they don't want to, like, waste time with, uh, with all this stuff. So they... Um, they actually go up to the second floor, call the elevator, and then, like, hold it, and then, like, go down to the first floor, or, like, the ground floor, uh, open up the elevator shaft, and go down the elevator shaft to the basement. So now oh. the elevator is, like, locked out of the way. Oh. And then... Oh, okay. Yeah, they peel up the metal shutter door... And voila, they're in the airlock. They unlock the door. Yeah. Let the other guys in. And now they just have to, like, saw through with, like, an angle grinder the last door to the vault. Okay. But this is, like, the big door, right? Yeah. This is the big door. Like, the, the vault door has, uh, like, 20-inch thick concrete. concrete. Yeah. 
Um, so like now they're like in the room with like the 20 inch concrete walls and the vault door. Oh, and- so now if someone wanted, if someone did try to go, people couldn't even get to the basement because the elevator's stuck. Right. And like the, the elevator goes down to the set of stairs that you have to get to to even get down to this room. Yes. Wow. And that, and that actually, um, like, while they're doing this, it sets off, like, they think that they've disabled all the alarms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of them, like, just had its range reduced. So it sets off, like, a silent alert. And, uh, like, during all this, like, the, the alert goes off. The security guy comes. But he doesn't see, like, any disturbances at the front door. Everything looks looks fine. He sees, like, the maintenance van in, like, the back. Yeah. He doesn't really think anything of it. But there's no, like... Because it was just the fire. Yeah. There's no, like, visible, like, signs of entry. So he just says, oh, it's a false alarm again and goes home. Oh, no. <laughs> so then these guys, like, they set up, like, an enormous drill. Uh, this Like, the model is, like, a Hilti uh, DD350. Uh, and it's one of those ones that you have to, like... Like, screw into the wall. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, hook a hose up to. Oh, because so it's, like, it's like a pneumatic? Like pneumatic yeah, like, like this one. Uses air? Uh, the, like, that's going to come later. Um, oh, but, my God. But, like, this one, they use, like, uh, they use, like, water from the hose to, uh, to, like, A, keep it, like, cool so it can continually go. Oh, my God. And reduce, like, the <laughs> dust and stuff like that. But they brought all of that in the bags? Yeah. So they bring all this up. Like, they set it up. And within two and a half hours... They've drilled three holes through the uh, through the wall, and they're like concurrent. So it's like Venn diagrams, yeah, with, like three circles. Uh, and the the holes are about eighteen or about ten inches in diameter. Okay, wow. So how big is the drill bit? Uh, the drill bit is a ten inch diameter. Um, Jeez. And I can actually show you, a ladies. Picture. Size matters. It My does. God. And it, like, but the important thing is like. That you use it correctly. So. <laughs> oh my god! It, that that looks like wow. It that it looks like something you would see in a superhero movie to make that kind of impact in that big of a hole through a concrete wall that thick. Exactly. So they they like uh, they get through it and uh, everything like they think is going to be great, but uh, because. You know, this is only halfway through the movie. Yeah. Um, basically, like, they can't see the inside of the vault. Like, what they've done is they've drilled a hole through the vault wall, but there's still, like, the solid steel cabinet oh. with the safety to composite boxes. Yeah. So they can't get in yet. Uh, but they planned for this, and they have, like, a pneumatic ram. Ooh. And so they start, like, they hook up the ram, and, like, they're basically going to push the, uh, the safety deposit boxes over. Yeah. And then go through. And the ram breaks, like almost immediately. Oh no! Yeah. Um, so they um, like after spending like pretty much the whole night like, getting into the building and like drilling holes for like almost three hours, uh, they can't uh, they can't get inside because the ram breaks. Uh, so they decide like they'll have to come back tomorrow. What? Yeah, they're gonna come back. They do. No, no, no. Wait, what? Yeah, that's like that's their plan. They're like, well, like stores aren't going to be open. Uh, like, cause this is like eight in the morning now. Um, the like, stores aren't going to be open for a couple hours. Like, let's buy the, we'll buy a new RAM, and then we'll come back tonight. Where? where? Like, there's there's like a machinery is, store. Oh my god. Uh, 
And that, that like, has They took a, a break they during did. their heist? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. This is... Okay. They like breaks. Um, so they... Uh. But, like, the, the trepidation that, like, you're feeling right now, but, like, you don't come back. Yeah. Uh, that's the exact same, like, trepidation that, like, uh, the ringleader, like, Brian Reeder, uh, that he feels. He quits. He's like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, quits. He's like, I'm too old for this. Oh, my God. I spent three years in a pub planning this. <laughs> And so, like, the next day, like, um, like they leave the morning uh, around, like, 8 a.m. on April 3rd. Uh, they, like, kind of, like, sleep for the day. And yeah, then the well, mo- they're old. They yeah. are old, yeah. Uh, on April 4th, uh, Jones and Collins, like, and then also they have four days. Like, it's a long weekend. Oh, my God. But my question is, are, it's just, maybe it's a level of, like, just kind of boldness I don't possess. I would be like, we have to do it now, and I have to get because how do you even get out of there quietly? So they uh, they basically just go back the way they can, like they they clean up like what they can, yeah, and then they just like go back out through the fire oh escape, my God. and uh, just kind of assume that nobody's gonna be um, that nobody's gonna be there because like that the airlock has a security guard, but only like during business hours. Like, yeah, like once everything's locked, like that guy goes home. Yeah, he's home for four so days. So they just assume that they've got four days to, to do whatever they want. Wow. And so they, um, on April 4th, Jones and Collins, like, they drive out to a machinery store, uh, and they buy a new hydraulic ram. And right. it's actually, like, it's pretty cheap. It was, like, 350 bucks um, for, like, this 10-ton ram. And Jones is, like, feeling, like, he's kind of feeling invincible now. So he signs on the receipt. Like, he puts his home oh address. Oh, my God. But he also, like, signs Vinny Jones, like, the guy from, like, Lock, Stock, and Two Spoken Barrels. yeah. And he's like, oh, this is this is a bit cheeky, isn't it? Uh, and, uh, uh, um, so like 10, 10 p.m. that night, they head back with like the new uh, the new ram, and um, like they discover like when they get there, the fire escape door is locked. <gasps> and but it's just a little yeah, it's bathroom, little, yeah, just a little slidey thing. Um, and so like once they get there and like the door is locked, Carl Wood, who's like another one of the guys, he's like. I'm not doing this shit. And he quits. So now it's just two people? Yeah. Well, now I think it's three people. Okay. Yeah. Basil. Yeah. Basil. The lookout. Um, who fell yeah. asleep. Yeah. Basil. Um, there's, yeah. There's a couple of them. Jones is uh, still there. Yeah. But uh, like two of the guys have quit. Oh, my God. And uh, and it's really funny. It's like after he quits, like 15 minutes later, like Basil comes, opens the fire escape and lets them all in. So, like, yeah. But they say millennials are lazy. <laughs> um, so they get inside and uh, they set up the RAM and get to work. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I like about this, this is another quote from the Vanity Fair article because uh, they interviewed uh, Jones. Yeah. Uh, and he was saying, he's like, it was hissing that pump just bang, didn't it? It's all I could hear just bang. And I thought, for fuck's sakes, I have a headache. <laughs> 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 I just like I like oh my god I really like these guys well yeah imagine going through all this and then being like how oh, do you have to be so loud god and so like before too long like the ram works and they knock over the security deposit boxes and they're in yeah um, so now they have to get uh, somebody through the hole and they're able to get Basil 
and Jones, like, through the hole. Because, like, they're both, like, really fit yeah. guys. And it's a small hole, but they're able to, to do it. And also, I think they're the only two guys, like, under 60. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they start, like, smashing boxes open with, like, sledgehammers, angle grinders. And they're able to get 73 boxes open. Okay. Not a 1,000, but, like, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So around, uh, far, and uh, also, like, Jones th- thinks, because he's, he's really funny. He might be my favorite guy. Um, they decide, like, because uh, Brian Reader, like, quit, that he wants to try to send him a picture of him, like, in the vault giving him the finger. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, like, he ends up not doing it, but he's, like, he says that he, like, has that thought. Um, which I just think is really funny. So then they, um, at around 5.45 on Easter, which is April 5th, um, the job is done. They like, get all the loot out. Like they take the, the wheelie garbage cans and like just fill it with everything. Uh, they clean the site and making sure that no DNA is left behind. Yeah, because the guy's got uh, you know forensics for dummies. Yeah, like, don't do this. <laughs> uh, but they do end up like leaving a couple days worth of like insulin behind because <laughs> the guy was like planning on being there for like the full three days. So. <laughs> Uh, so, like, Terry Perkins had, like, three days of insulin, like, on him. No, like, seriously? Yeah, he's like, if I don't, then, like, they're going to wheel me out in one of these boats. Oh, my God. Um, so, after that, they, like, um, like the van drives away, and then the rest of the guys get into Kenny Collins' Mercedes. Okay. And he drives each of them home. Uh, and this is something that I didn't uh, mention, like, on the first one. Um, when they all get to the site originally, Collins drives his own car, uh, like the white Mercedes. Um, but Brian Reeder, like, he takes, like, his, like, he takes the bus. No. To get there. And he's got, like, the, like, the senior, like, the pensioner bus pass. Yeah. And he just, like, takes that to go do his heist. Oh, my goodness. Which, well, I mean, the MTA robs me every day, so I get it. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. I just think it's adorable. <laughs> Um, so within a day and a half, like most of the loot is like spread out amongst themselves, um, or at least like spread out a, a decent amount. Um, the theft is discovered on Tuesday morning when the guy like gets okay. Up so like they they were really right about like having yeah Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they had time, so it was it was good there. Um, they call the police immediately, and the case is immediately sent to uh, the Flying Squadron. Ooh. Yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, the Flying Squadron is, like, the part of Scotland Yard that specializes in, like, high-dollar value heists. Okay. Which is, like, my dream job. But we don't have that division in America, do we? We don't. Like, the closest would be, like, the white-collar yeah. like, FBI thing. But that's, like, more TV show than... Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Um, but they were called the Flying Squadron because in, like, 1919, when they were, like, started, they, they were, like, one of the only police groups that had like no jurisdiction section so they could fly from like section of london to section of london um without any problems so they were nicknamed the flying squadron okay um and like they call themselves the thief takers well which is like a cool name like that's like that's the kind of name that like <laughs> jk rowling would like name it yeah it's like calling find out it was racist later. like a monster hunter kind of yeah <laughs> yeah that's what he said <laughs> the thief takers it's so were they impressed or were they like how could this happen yeah they were like they were super impressed like these guys like they say a lot of nice things about it <laughs> like kind of like on the great british baking show where like yeah everyone's like 
Oh, like, like just impressed? Yeah. Like, these guys are, like, super impressed. Like, they immediately think it's an inside job, and they put, like, 50 officers on the case. Uh, they have... <laughs> and, like, there's a lead detective named Peter Spindler who is also, like, about to retire because... Oh, my God. You know, it's a movie. <laughs> this whole thing movie. is a movie. Uh, well, yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah. Well, what was the movie with Morgan Freeman when he was older... Wait a sec. Were there spies? Helen Mirren? Oh, Red, yeah. Red, yeah. That's I'm getting so many flashbacks of, what's, to that. What's, I'm glad you mentioned Michael Caine, though, because he's in one of the movies based on this. Oh, that would make sense. I think he's, like, one of the bad guys, but... The good then, guys or the bad guys? He's, like, one of the criminals. Good, yeah. They're and, pro, one of the protagonists. Yes. <laughs> and what I like about, like, uh, when I'm reading all the British sources for this, like, they don't say criminals. They say villains. <laughs> and that, I appreciate you that. You guys have to make everything so much fancier. <laughs> so they, they get their, um, like, they get the investigation started, and they're kind of, like, they're super impressed. They think it's an inside job because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, they're like, who would, how is it you? How would this happen at all? And before too long, they get, like, their first big break because they see the white Mercedes on CCTV cameras. Oh. Which is why you don't take your own car to a crime. Oh, he drove them home. Yeah. The third night or second night. Yes. The second night. In but he drove, car. like, he would drive there, like, every night while yeah. they were doing it. And they like were able to see like oh the car like, doing the rounds before, yeah. like, uh, like, before the crime, so they're able to piece it together. And they also, like... London is, like, very surveillance-heavy. Yeah. And so they have, like, all these cameras that can read and detect license plates. And so they see this, and then they, like, are able to, like, um, basically using the license plate track the movement of the car, like, to the hardware store where the guy's like, oh, yeah, two old guys came in. Yeah. But they sold sold a pneumatic ram. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we put his home address on the uh, the receipt. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they they get they get breaks like pretty. Uh, again, like if this is a movie, I would not believe like, no criminals don't have to, uh, uh, to do that. Also, because what if the hardware store guy is like, we got a really special. Do you want to hear about more deals? And the guy and Jones is like, well, of course. Like, well, if we'll send you a newsletter if you just give us your. Just like, of course, I want to hear more. I'm gonna have to buy a few more pneumatic ramps. I'm about to come into some money. Actually. <laughs> Old people love <laughs> deals. So I, I um, so they do that, um, they, and they, like, they start to, like, realize, like, okay, so then they get permission, they bug everybody's cars, like, they, cause, Ooh. cause they were able to track, like, the movement, yeah. like, to everybody's houses. Um, do they bug, do they bug the, the Mercedes? They bug the Mercedes. Okay. Uh, they also bug, like, some of the other guys' cars. Do they bug the bus? I wish. <laughs> um, but they, they also, like, they start, like, tracking the guys, um, cause these guys, like, they're great criminals, but the, like, it's, it's one of those things where, they're like, they're also just old dudes. They're old dudes. And, like, when they made the vault, like, in the 40s, they're like, oh, no drill will ever be able to do this. And yeah. then, like, they were able to buy a drill for, like, not that much money to, like, get through it in, like, two hours. Yeah. And, like, they didn't anticipate that. And these, like, thieves, like, didn't anticipate, like, cell phones oh, or, like, man. license plate cameras. Oh, this is hilarious. And so, like, it's they... It's like the escalation of technology. But they, like, they thought about it a little bit because, like, during the heist, like, they didn't use their cell phones. Yeah. They had walkie-talkies. But then, like, 
the second they left and like the second before they're they're, they're on on their their phone phone. (laughs) they just thought like if nothing happened like during the time that it wouldn't matter oh my god so like that's how they're kind of like able to pin all these guys together and then they start following them to the bars to the pub yeah they go to the pubs and they like there's like video of like the guys like in the public just talking about it because they're these like after these guys hit the score they're ecstatic they're like I feel revigorated and like one guy like there's a video of him like in the public impersonating the ram just like bam 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 and he's like and then they <laughs> threw <laughs> oh no it's just like him telling like old stories in a pub about a crime he just committed yeah and so they're they're caught pretty red-handed, like, as far as, like, all that goes. But, like, they still don't have enough to, like, make the arrest because they want to make sure, like, especially with, like, heists, like, it, anytime you can, like, you need to catch them, like, with it in hand. Yeah. Because, like, otherwise, like, a lot of it just disappears. Yeah. And um, so that's what they do. Like, they wait for, uh, they wait for them to, like, meet up to, um, like, they decide to pick a day where they're all going to, like, gather all the stuff, like, go to a warehouse and, like, uh, like divided amongst yeah. each other, and like in in like high circles, like that's known as the slaughter. So they're like waiting for that, and then that day comes on April or nineteen uh, May. Okay, yeah. So on the nineteenth of May, they so they, like oh man, wow. So it took a little bit over a month for them to get caught. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they they knew the guys like pretty quickly. They yeah, like, okay. oh my god! But like for like six weeks, these guys are like high on the hog, thinking that like everything is great. Oh my god! Um, like probably to the point like because six weeks is like enough time to like a week or two you feel apprehensive. Yeah, and then like you start to get but week like six weeks like you're cocky. yeah you're probably I mean you probably okay yeah I yeah. see that. Um, but on uh, like around ten a.m. on May nineteenth. Uh, they execute like this huge thing on twelve sites simultaneously. Oh! Uh, and so they storm like twelve addresses, uh, like surround the buildings, like just like out of a movie, and and get everybody because they don't want anybody to like to like squirt. Yeah. And um, it's like two hundred cops involved in this thing, uh, and luckily, like, um, like one of the guys that they um, that they also arrest is a guy named. Um, like uh, Bill Lincoln or Willie Lincoln. Yeah, but the majority of those sites where they had the sting operation, they knew that those guys weren't going to be there. They just wanted to cover all bases. Yeah, they wanted to like cover bases because, like, at this point too, they were also like reaching out. Like, they had like some of their friends, like this Will Lincoln guy, yeah. uh, was just holding on to some of the stuff. Oh, um, got it. And so, like, that he was going to be like one of their fences, and so like. They get arrested and then like, and I don't know why they put this in the in the Vanity Fair article, but like when they brought him in and like brought him to jail, he was like so scared he pissed his pants. <laughs> oh no! Uh, you don't have to like. A was little, he an old man? He is. He is also. Oh like, my six, god! Like, so he could have just pissed his pants just because. Yeah, and like one of them it says is like just incontinent. Like I'm not mentioning that because like it's just it's rude. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, but like they, they make a good time to do it because like at the time, um, like Perkins, Jones, and Collins were all together and like during the sting. Okay, uh, and they set up a smelter and were about to like melt down like three to five million dollars worth of jewelry. Whoa! Yeah, 
uh, that they had just had like in bins and stuff like that when they like burst through the uh, and like the cops went like nuts like they were wearing like riot gear they had like flame proof overalls and like a battering ram that they like called the commissioner's <sighs> key and um like um so Collins and Perkins like immediately just like stop yeah uh Jones tries to make a run for it because he's like 70 okay because he's like a good runner he's like a marathoner but it only makes it like a few yards into the garden like and they catch him immediately um and then like they start like they're arrested they're like trying to like pretend that they don't know each other um because they don't understand like the extent of the technology yeah. that was like used to catch them they're like what do you mean no we always hang out at this smelting plant we're always hanging out I'm about to melt down some gold this gold i worked hard for this exactly but they like play like by the old school rules they're like if you get arrested you don't say shit Oh my god! Like they're still very much of the snitches get stitches belief. <laughs> but also, they're like they don't know anything. It's like they bugged your phone for like a week when you were talking about. Yeah, and so basically, like they don't like they just like refuse to say anything until like they play the audio recording yeah. in the box, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that was me." And here, and they just like roll on each other like immediately. Oh. Because they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that you do everything." <laughs> like back in the sixties, like there's a bit of a dance to it. Yeah. Because um, they said before, it was like the, the drill was like, don't say anything, keep your mouth shut, and just see what opportunities are there to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of a fun way to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, they just like enjoyed like enjoyed the whole thing, but they don't know who this Basil guy is. Like, he's oh. like some one person that they genuinely don't know. Wait a second. So the police don't, or the old men don't? None of these guys. Because oh. they're like saying, oh yeah, like Brian Reader like planned this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and they start like kind of trying to pin everything on Basil. They're like, oh, this is all like, uh, like he was the one that like oh. got in. And like nobody, because all of his, uh, all of his face is covered by like this giant yeah. buckle bag. Like, they don't know who he is and he's wearing like a bright red wig. Um, and so, uh, these guys end up getting, uh, pretty much like, there's a lot of fallout from it. Like most of these guys end up getting like uh, not seven to nine years in jail, which like is a lot. Like is it when you're seventy, seven to nine years? Yeah, okay. But they yeah. they give them like the option. They're like, hey, like we're gonna do this, and then if you don't hand over like the loot at the end of your sentence, we're gonna give you another seven years. What? Like for not cooperating and handing over the stolen loot. Um, and so some of them like some of them do like hand it hand over stuff like um i think it was jones um let me see if i can find the um uh, i think it was jones um but one of them like um he hides all of the the loot like in a grave like uh, okay yeah which is a good place to smart um yeah so this is um like it's it's like a family plot and he's like and like he tells him about it and doesn't realize like, and tries to do the thing where he like only tells him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then they like find out that he's got like other stuff from other crimes like there as well, like, <laughs> different plots. Like because they follow him. Cause yeah. It's, uh, it's just like I feel bad for these guys because they they That's, don't. Oh man, so smart. Yeah, it was super smart. Uh, super smart. Yeah. So this was. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, Jones. He he had kept all of it um, in like different like different graves and stuff like that. Um, and uh, like some, one of them was like his in laws' plots. And 
Um, so they they get caught, like they they do jail. Um, Kenny Collins, I think, actually died in jail. Oh, that's okay. Well, this is kind of sad. But Kenny yeah. Collins, he was a lookout, so right? Yeah, he was. The that's lookout kind of guy. funny. So he fell asleep there too, just forever. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's this is is so. This is um, what possesses you to be like, oh yeah, one last heist. Well, I man, you have to love I, crime. I get it though, like because that's like Walter White. Like, yeah, and the and their sentences weren't as bad as they could have been because they're like, we're gonna give you like, because this is something I like about Europe a lot. Like, they're like nobody was hurt. Like it's not yeah. like you like knocked a security guard out. Yeah, so they give him like lighter sentences. And they're they're British. So they're like, you did it with. Style. Yeah, they so did it with class. <laughs> like, and it, um, and then like the the safe deposit company, like they went out of business like immediately. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys suck because <laughs> they couldn't uh, recover from their reputation. So it's September. Oh my they went, god! Uh, they went so out, this like, was the test for the vault door. Eventually, it kind of was, and like they like, but uh, that's kind of what I like though because it's like um, it's the Gordian knot because yeah. like, we built this amazing. Uh, like yeah. amazing complex vault door and they're like we're just gonna go through the wall yeah and they just like pull out the sword like cut it in half and they're like there you go <gasps> um, uh, yeah. and eventually they do catch Basil oh yeah they do like he is a um, he ends up being uh, Michael Seed is his name okay and he's caught like at his home like in Islington which is like a, kind of a suburb like three years later but is he but was he working we just still like uh, I guess conjecture, and we're assuming we're we're allegedly putting this on him. But was he actively working with one of the crime families? That's that's, that's all the rumor because he's not saying anything. Got it. Like he got sentenced to, um, um, he was charged with conspiracy to burgle and conceal, uh, conspiracy to conceal or disguise criminal property. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so most of these guys were um, were pretty. Um, like pretty well uh, take care of with their their stuff and like but they're not saying anything yeah um so the uh, let's see Collins Jones and Perkins they all pled guilty to conspiracy were each given seven years with like that seven conditional years like yeah don't hand over the loot uh, which is why like Jones says oh it's all in the cemetery uh, Carl Wood and Lincoln uh, those were like Carl Wood was like one of the guys that quit like on the first night yeah uh, or he quit when the door was locked and then he- Lincoln was like the fence. Uh, they were found guilty of the same offense and one uh, of conspiracy to conceal or conceal or convert. Uh, so, like they were also given. Uh, Lincoln was given seven years. Wood was jailed for six. Um, let's see. Uh, Reader was uh, sentenced to six years because he uh, he quit early as well. And let's see. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, Michael C. like Basil, uh-huh. he got sentenced to ten years oh, because okay. they're like, okay, he was like, because they found a bunch of stuff in his house too. Like they found like things to like disable like alarms. Like he was like clearly very good at and stuff like that. But he was like, this this stuff's all useless now because um, like he could disable alarms, but not after like two G cell phones. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, like all that's useless now. So oh, uh, but he. So this is 2015. It was. So he... 2015, so he's coming... He's not out yet. He is not out yet. Wow. Uh, he was actually just sentenced in March of 2019. 
Wow. Oh, so this took that long to sentence him. Yeah. So he, he won't be out for shit. Ten years. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Man, I... You, you really don't want to tell kids to respect bad guys. But I gotta say, I respect the commitment to it. I, I feel like it's... Anytime it's like a heist where like... People don't get hurt. Yeah. That's something that's like, I, I have a healthy respect for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, people, yeah, people love Indiana Jones. He was stealing stuff. Exactly. Like, if it's like one of those things where like, there's no guns, and that's what I like about Europe, is yeah. it kind of chill with it. Like, and the cops always say, like, nice things about you. And, like, if you got nothing else to do, like, I, I would probably give it a shot, like, if Ooh. I was like seventy, and oh, it's, that's it's why we love all the oceans movies so much. Oh yeah, right. We love a heist film. We love like basically a meeting of the minds saying, "How do we solve this problem?" And they go, well, "What's the problem?" And they go, "Well, we don't. I want more money. That's the problem." But you guys can have some. I, I'm trying to think. I would if I was old and I was a career criminal. I don't. I can't say that I would have turned this down. I would have been. I would have wanted to, like, work in the daytime shift of it. Like, I would have wanted to case the joint. I don't know if I would have wanted to, like, actually have to sit there for three hours with the drill. That's But, like, I would have wanted to, like, case the joint or, like, distract. Oh, man. This is so fun. This is fun to think about. It is. Like, I I love, like, I wanted to do, like, a couple special edition episodes where, like, um, where, like, you try to, like, plan a heist of, like, something, like, fictional. Like, how would you steal, like... Something from Asgard. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Like I don't. It's like whenever someone like uses ingenuity to do something. Like one of the twelve labors, like Hercules. Like didn't he like move a stream? Yeah, he rerouted to clean the stables. Yeah, the stables. Yeah, like those kind of weird, fun stories. Oh, okay. Wait, no, because he had this. Did he have to steal Hippolyta's girdle, or did he have to steal the apples? I thought he had to take the apples, but I'm not not a hundred percent sure. Maybe he did have to. He did take the the apples. Uh, it was he had to like hold up the sky. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay. If I had, if what would I want to steal that was fictional? Something fictional. Ooh. It makes me think of Aladdin. Like, I would have stopped Abu from touching that ruby at the very beginning of Aladdin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have made Abu, like, stay with me. And so then it would, I would have gotten out easily. I want to know. Like, because you remember, because they get they, the Cape of Wonders, like, crashes on them. Yeah, yeah. What, what other, what fictional stuff would you steal? That's, there's some, some good ones. Like, I probably. I think I'd try Gringotts. Okay. Because, like, I mean, that's just a big... I'd try to, I'd try to steal from Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. It's a bank heist again. Yeah. Um, I might try... Oh, those are some good ones. Like, I might... Uh, if I could get into space, I'd definitely try to steal something from the collector. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some, there's some cool ones. Uh, yeah, so that... That, I think, does it for this episode. Um, Jay, uh, you've got an album coming out. You want to tell us I about do, that? yeah. I have a comedy album coming out. It'll be out in April. More details on that whenever this episode comes out. Late April, the album should be coming out on Comedy Dynamics. That's the record company 
you can watch my clips online for Fallon or Comedy Central, and the album has a bunch of stuff. I think we're down to 15 tracks now. It was a lot of fun to record, too, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited to listen to it. Thank you. Uh, and on the socials, you're at jjerk on yes. everything? Yes, uh, at J-A-Y-J-U-R-D-E-N on all social media. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, and because I'm just as old as these bank robbers, Facebook, too. So, yeah, I'm on all of them. Awesome. Uh, man, that was a lot of fun. And you can follow the podcast. I love getting listener suggestions. Um, just find us at I Can Steal That on Twitter. I Can Steal That on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and please leave us uh, some good reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and things like that. Like five stars and a review, please. It really helps with the visibility. Uh, and we will be back with a new episode very soon. Or a new episode very soon. Thank you, guys. 